Hey there, I'm Natalie Abbott, and this is The Dwell Podcast. At Dwell, we help you memorize one Bible verse every month. On our weekly podcast, we talk about what our verse means, how it's challenging us, and about how the God of the universe wants to connect with us in our daily lives. Hey, it's Natalie, and before we dive in today, I wanted to give you a heads up about the topic of today's episode. So Rochelle Starr, the founder of Scarlet Hope, is my guest, and she and her ministry is all about helping women and sharing the gospel with women in the adult entertainment industry. So having said that, there might be a few things in today's episode that are inappropriate for little listeners. So maybe listen with your AirPods in or have a listen another time, but do come back and listen. It is such a encouraging, wonderful episode. She is a very inspiring person, and I know you're going to love today's episode. Welcome back to the Dwell Podcast, everyone. It is your host, Natalie Abbott, and it is the last episode in April where we are looking at being brought near by the blood of Christ. And I have just so enjoyed all these episodes. If this is like your first time hopping on, you should go back and listen to the other couple episodes. It's just such a good concept. And the verse that we've been memorizing, I hope that you have it memorized. I'm going to say it. And maybe if you are listening, you like, I already know that. I hope so. It says this, but now in Christ Jesus, you who were once far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. Uh, it's just, it's such a good verse, such a good verse. And today, uh, for the last time, we're talking with Rochelle Starr. She is the founder of Scarlet Hope. It's a ministry to women in the adult in, uh, entertainment industry um, and women who are caught in exploitation and trafficking. Uh, just such a profound ministry uh, and such an embodiment of being brought near uh, like Jesus does for all of us. Uh, welcome, Rochelle. I'm so glad to have you again. This has been wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. I just, I'm so excited for our people to hear just these beautiful stories that you have of the impact that being brought near to Christ has in the life of a person. And because like for, for those of us who are like, you know, oh, that's kind of a racy topic. I don't even know. Um, like it, it does feel like there is a farthest out type scenario where it's like, could anybody like that even be changed? And here you are testifying, yes, in the name of Jesus, I have seen it happen and it is exciting. And so I just love hearing your stories. It's so good. Um, so this is our last time talking about our verse. So we talked about it already. Some of these women we would consider to be the furthest out. Um, will you tell us just one story about how you have seen Jesus bring someone near to him through your ministry? Yeah, I mean, there are so many <laughs> stories that I could tell, but, you know, one of the ones that really sticks out in, in my heart, my my head, in my memory is a woman that I met um, in literally 2009. She was 49 years old and had been sold into sex trafficking when she was 14 years old. And this is here in the United States. Yes, this is here in my city, Louisville, Kentucky. Um, uh, and just like, every time I hear something like that, it just blows my mind that that is even possible. Yeah. And imagine back then, no one knew 
you know, no one talked about human trafficking or exploitation or anything like that. So, um, so from 14 to 49, she was in the adult entertainment industry. She was trafficked across the United States. She did not really know how to read or write because you can imagine if your parents sold you at age 14 to an older man, um, you probably weren't schooled very well. And so she, she really didn't have any, um, intellectual, you know, reading, writing, math, none of that she really knew. So anyways, I meet her in the strip clubs that we were serving in and we were serving a home cooked meal to, to the women. And, uh, she came up to me and she handed me her little Bible. She had a Gideon Bible that had been given to her 20 plus years before I ever walked into that strip club. And she would read it every day. And she would say to me, when I met her, she would say, God has finally answered and heard my cry for help. And um, so we got to know her. She had no idea what she would do. She was, you know, she said, I'm old. I don't know. She called mm -hmm. herself the geriatric stripper, which was hilarious. <laughs> um, but she, yeah. you know, she was like, what am I going to do? And so anyways, on her 50th birthday, I brought a birthday cake to the strip club and um, she blew out her, this is exactly how she tells the story. I gave my life to Christ on my 50th birthday in a strip club. I blew out my candles and I walked out that door and I've never looked back. Wow. And that was in 2010 at that time. And she's been just a, an example of how God redeems no matter what, no matter how long you've been away from him, no matter how far you've been away from him or how far you've been kept from him. Um, and so it's just a really beautiful story that I, I love to tell because she's amazing. I mean, that is just such a beautiful story of, of freedom. I can't imagine a more like aggressive story really about like how God can like reach in and really make an impact in somebody's life in a way that is like, like in our human mind, is that possible? No, it's impossible. Like that is the most, how could that woman ever be changed? How could she ever come out of that lifestyle after having only known that since she was young? Um, but that's just so beautiful that, that Jesus would do that. I think about this idea in our verse that talks about how how Christ sacrificed himself, that his blood, the shedding of his blood, like that he gave his own life is is why uh, is what he did to bring us near. How does that speak to you? Like, how does that make you feel confident or loved or like, what does that say to you? It says to me that. I am far worse than I ever could imagine, but Christ's love is far greater than I could have ever imagined too. Because if, if I really, when I really stopped to think about my sin and that someone had to die and mm. shed their blood for my sin, none of my sin should be minimized. Right? So it really, um, yeah, it's very humbling and very, uh, convicting, um, to understand that somebody's Jesus's blood had to be shed for me. 
Yeah. I mean, I, I, if you, I think about it sometimes, like if you put yourself in today's society mm-hmm. and somebody had to die for you because of a lie you said, you know, yeah, you would go, Oh no, you shouldn't have to do that. You know, but that's exactly what Jesus did do, you know? And so it's, for me, it just says how, how grateful I am that he saved me and that he washes over me with his blood. Yeah. I just feel like it's such a picture of his love for us. And yeah, only like, if I think about that, who would I give my life for? It would be somebody that I love, you know, somebody that I am so deeply uh, committed to that. I look at them and I say, no, they're not going to die. I'm going to die in their place. Um, speaks to me about his great love for us and that he would, that he would do that. Um, yeah. Especially in the, in the face of, uh, of us being like, I don't even like you. I'm rebelling against you. I'm doing my own thing. And he's like, I still love you. I'm going to do this for you. You know, um, I just think that's interesting. So I think you are the perfect person to answer this question. Um, because I think this is something that we struggle with. Sometimes we feel like we have something that we have done that is too big or too bad to be covered by the blood of Jesus. And I, I mean, I sometimes feel that way about my sin, especially like, even if it's not even a huge sin, but it's like a repetitive, like, gosh, I keep on doing this thing and I can't stop doing the thing. And I know I don't want to do the thing, but I keep doing the thing. Um, so whether it's a repetitive sin or it's a sin that you're like, I have never even done anybody that I did that. Like, I'm so ashamed of that. I would never even tell anyone. What would you say to that person maybe who's listening? Is it possible for Jesus to forgive that, to forgive again and again and again, or to forgive something that is just so huge that we don't even want anybody to know? Is it possible? Absolutely. I mean, there's no, there is no, here's the thing. And this is kind of, I, you know, I don't know how you want to go with this, but for people who are not in Christ that sin repetitively, you know, they're, they're in sin, right? Mm -hmm. They, they don't know yet that there was a God of the universe who died for them. But the Bible says very clearly that Christ's blood covers all, right? The person within Christ, you know, who has been saved, their eyes have been opened, who continues to sin repetitively. One of the things that I have to preach to myself every single day is that when Christ looks at me, when God looks at me, he sees Jesus. Hmm. And it's not, it's not because of my perfect unsinful life now in Christ that I'm saved. It's because Hmm. of only Jesus that I am free. And so, you know, absolutely his blood covers it all 100%. There's nothing it doesn't cover. And I just think like, I know, and I have a women's group that meets weekly and we've often talked about, you know, who really wants to dwell that they're a sinner? (laughs) Right. You know, most of us don't want to do that. Like we mentioned before, we want to hide that. But sometimes we need to sit and dwell on the fact that God saved us from the miry, you know, 
dirty, sinful life that we were living. And now he sees Christ in us. And I think when we dwell on that and it becomes part of like our heart and like, you know, it's not just here or we've just heard it, but it's like, actually like we believe that I think it changes, it changes everything. Yeah. I feel like you're right on hitting the nail on the head there. Uh, So good. Okay. We have time for one more question. So our verse is talking about being brought near by the blood of Christ. And, you know, we just answered this question about when we feel really far away from God, like something's too big or bad. I'm thinking about like when practically, so Rochelle, you did something and you feel bad or you feel really far away from God. Like even when you were sharing um, back in episode two, I think about having had a miscarriage and how you felt far away from God. Like what do you do when you feel far away from God? Like practically somebody's out there listening and they're like, yeah, but what do I do, Rochelle? Yeah. Yeah, that's a great question. Um, Because, you know, I had seven miscarriages over seven years and I probably could not, everybody was telling me, read this book, read this scripture, do this, do that. I think the only thing that actually um, brought me close to the Lord during that time specifically, um, or even now when I feel far away from him is a few things. Number one, I do some journaling where I write what I'm feeling, why I feel disconnected. And I try to put scripture to that. I try to combat that with scripture. Two is confessing it in with, with close people, my husband or my, the women's group that I meet with, um, and getting that darkness out to light and, and getting those feelings out to light as well. Um, cause feelings can lie to us. Um, and they, you know, breed its own sinful patterns, yeah. but getting that out to the light brings about hope, I think. And so doing that, and then also I believe very wholeheartedly that the Lord speaks to his people through the Holy spirit, through, through various ways. And I think we have to be quiet enough to listen And so something that I have a practice of doing, um, and it took many years to get here. So don't hear me say you're going to do this overnight, but I have grown to love silence and solitude with the Lord regularly. Um, so whether that's once a month, I can get away or once, um, a quarter. I mean, I literally will spend one to two days in silence and solitude and that's how I can reframe. Like I, I just ask the Holy Spirit, reframe my mind, reframe these thoughts, heal me, be with me, draw me back to yourself. I don't feel close to you. And, mm-hmm. and he does, he, he promises he is our comforter and our counselor and he will do that. I love that idea. I want to do that tomorrow. <laughs> you should. It's amazing. <laughs> Oh my gosh. Yes. I remember we had a pastor once who had a day every month where he went and just spent some time in solitude like that. Um, but I, I think you're right. It's not just for pastors, you know, it doesn't have to be a whole day. I I'm thinking, you know, realistically, some of us can't do that, but like even an afternoon, like schedule space for yourself, 
I think that's beautiful. The silence is scary. You know, at first, uh, when you're sitting there and you feel far away from God, silence is scary. But, and when I mean silence, I'm talking about, I'm not, no worship music, no nothing, literally silence. And most of the time in nature at a park or on the river or whatever. And, um, I'm not talking to God. I I'm sitting there anticipating him talking to me. So yeah, I mean, it doesn't have to be a whole day or whatever, but once you start doing it and once you start experiencing the Holy Spirit speaking to you as a believer, you won't want to miss it. It's like having coffee with your absolute best friend in the world, you know, except for better because it's God. <laughs> That's amazing. I, I'm jealous right now. I mean, I want that. <laughs> yeah, get it, girl. Get it. Uh, I'm gonna get that. Uh, this is so good. Rochelle, I have just so enjoyed having you on here and just hearing your stories. You made me like get a little bit clumped a couple times there. I was crying, but I didn't I didn't say it. I didn't have to talk right away, so that was good. Um, I just appreciate you and your heart for the Lord and just the way that you have embodied Christ, the people who you spend time with and, and especially the people who society would say are the furthest out. So thank you for your ministry. Thank you for speaking with us. Um, it has just been such a joy and a pleasure. And what a, what a better understanding I think we have as we think about this verse. Um, what does it mean and how can we consider it and apply it to our lives? So thank you for coming in and sharing your wisdom with us. It has been an absolute honor. Thank you so much for having me and letting me share. Yeah. Amen. Thank you, lady. Thanks. Hey, thanks for joining us on the Dwell Podcast. You can find out more about us at Dwell Differently on Instagram, Facebook, and at dwelldifferently.com online. We help people connect with God through scripture memory, daily posts, a weekly blog, and of course, this podcast.